Did you kill the white man who killed you? I'm not dead. Welcome to the Film Hole Podcast, a podcast about films, movies, pictures, and features, and the people that watch them. And that's us. I'm Trevor. And I'm Raul. I'm a filmmaker. And I'm soon to be unemployed. Every week we watch a movie. And then we talk about it. And this week we watched 1995's Dead Man, directed by Jim Jarmusch, starring Johnny Depp, Gary Farmer, and Iggy Pop. Neil Young recorded the soundtrack by improvising over the movie alone in a recording studio. Man, that fact is so fun. Okay, that's this week's movie. I'll I'll read the IMDb. So, on the run after murdering a man, accountant William Blake... Not to be confused with the uh, the poet William Blink, encounters a strange Aboriginal American man named Nobody, who prepares him for his journey into the spiritual world. That's the movie. That's the movie. I'll see you next week. What's the? What do you think of this movie? <laughs> what did you think of this movie? I I'm the one who uh, who pitched the movie. That's right. Had you seen this before? I had this movie on DVD. Um, like back when I used to like buy DVDs when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always curious as to like how like certain DVDs end up in people's houses. Like we, I think we just had a lot of movies that both me and my parents enjoyed family action adventure, basic stuff. So like, how did the movie dead man get like on your shelf? I think I just bought it. I mean, it must have been like a Walmart it. DVD bin kind of situation. Okay. Which those things are always fun. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you picked out this movie of all like the movies that I'm, I'm sure in that bin. Yeah, because it's a weird movie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think probably at the time I was probably just experimenting a little bit, you know. Some mm-hmm. teenagers, they experiment with, you know, drugs and sex. And I was experimenting with that. Uh, with uh, artistic filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and iconoclast. That's very admirable of you. Uh, I don't know what I was experimenting with when I was a kid, but it wasn't, it wasn't Dead body. Man. It was actually real Dead Man. That's the difference between you and I. I was experimenting with dead bodies. Oh, you had some kind of incident? I had a, a bullet lodged in my chest. Um for like days uh before i ultimately uh succumbed to it and went into a coma yeah one time when i was a teenager like i used to have to get up really early in the mornings to go to like football practice so i think we all had our hard times yeah yeah so what'd you think (laughs) yeah so uh this was I, I really didn't know what to expect at all. Like, only until we saw the thumbnail image on HBO, was I, I was like, oh, this is a Western. Like, I didn't I didn't know. I've only seen, like, one movie from this guy before, the vampire movie. The, uh-huh. what was it called? Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, tell and me about that. Tell you about that one? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's about vampires who just kind of live... Uh, in modern day i think it might be in england i'm not sure and it's kind of just like what we do in the shadows but remove all of the comedy like they're just normal people trying to live their lives and they've got like a familiar um they have to eat somehow so they find ways of making it work uh this one character because they're immortal he's really into technology kind of like you and i and just because he's so old and people, you know, tend to like just hang on to old technology sometimes, like you might have an iPod in your drawer that's like a few years old that you just need to throw out. He has that, but it goes back like hundreds of years. He has like 
like a really old ass like telephone and he's like oh i've been meaning to like throw this thing out it's like 200 (laughs) years old that's funny yeah okay let's get back to (laughs) the movie at hand here uh so So all that all that was was that movie yeah yeah go ahead all that was to just say that I have a really limited experience with this director, who I guess is a particular kind of guy. I follow him on Instagram. I don't really know how that happened. Okay. But I, I found that out recently. And uh, He probably followed you personally, and you're like, oh, I must know yeah. him, and you just followed him right back. Right, exactly. Uh, it seemed like kind of a like a weird dude based on his Instagram presence, and I watched like a Charlie Rose interview in preparation uh-huh. for this podcast with him there he seemed more normal but i don't know, i don't know much about the dude but the movie is definitely like weird in its own its own way weirder like a lot like a lot weirder than the vampire movie that i watched that movie was like more or less a normal quirky maybe indie-ish movie uh-huh. uh but this is like surreal at parts and like it's a real like hard swing artistically. Yeah. If you had to uh based on our our filmography of stuff that we've done episodes on, what comes to mind the most? Based on the filmography so far at the film yeah, hole? Yeah. This is a question we can do now because we've like watched enough yeah. movies. <laughs> I was gonna say like Tim Burton, because I'm looking at like a still of like Johnny Depp's black and white face right now. <laughs> and that just like screams Tim Burton to me. Uh, let's see. I suppose it, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, uh, a David Lynch, uh, Wes Anderson, um, Tim Burton cocktail. Okay. I'm surprised that's that's not the right answer. The Yodorowsky dude. Yodorowsky? El Topo? Okay. Yeah. This is definitely right. Like like a okay. like a acid western. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you got me there. But also, yeah, definitely all those other ones you said as well. Well, I'll I'll give my reasoning for that. So it's black and white, that's where I got the Tim Burton and the this first scene on the train that I'm looking at here, there's like a shot of Crispin Glover uh talking to Johnny Depp and all the other guys have their guns pointed like out the window and they're like shooting Buffalo. Uh-huh. And that looks like a still from like the new Wes Anderson movie, the French dispatch. Like there's like the, there's like this shot with like just guns pointed in different directions. Uh-huh. Um, and then David Lynch. Cause just the parts don't make sense. <laughs> Cause it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The movie that I saw of him, so I'm also like not super familiar with this director, despite the fact that I, I recommended him. I'm probably mm-hmm. just as unaware of what his shtick is as you are. So I was, okay. I was sincerely asking you like what that other movie looked like because what, what uh, I saw the other day of his is a movie called, um, a, a movie called Broken Flowers that he released in 2005. And okay. it was just like Bill Murray, like playing the character that he does in all the Wes Anderson movies, which okay. is just like, a, 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 like just like a depressed Bill Murray. I guess that's just what he does for all his that's, dramatic that's all, roles. That's, that's also just Bill Murray. Yeah, that's like Bill Murray in, in uh, that Sofia Coppola movie, Lost in Translation. That's him in Rushmore. It's him in everything. Yeah, yeah, it's just Bill Murray. Yeah, that's just. Post SNL slump, Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that movie was super weird, and it kind of started out looking like maybe it would be a somewhat normal movie. It was about like a man who got a letter saying that like, um, "Oh, you've had an illegitimate son twenty years ago, and now he's coming out to find you. He wants to like know his father." And then there's like this whole thing. It's like, "Oh, well, you need to find out like who sent you this letter. Like it wasn't signed." Um, so we need to track down like all the past people that you've had, like you slept with 20 years ago, one by one and like okay. found out which one, you know, you impregnated. So it's, it's already kind of like a very premise movie. Yeah. Sounds pretty uh, wacky. But then it very quickly just like devolved into surrealism. <laughs> Interesting. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It made it like a hard turn. Huh. This movie, I think, similarly has a hard pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Dead Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, At what point it, you, you, you could that say lands? that it's it's kind of surreal, like all the way through. But I think just because I watched this interview with, uh, um, is it Jarmouche? Is that how you say it? I'm going to say yes. Jarmouche. Jarmouche. Um, where he says like, after he murders the, the other character like the husband or fiance character and he jumps out the window and like he goes on his like death journey like that's just when everything that's like when the story actually starts everything right, prior right. to that's just kind of a normal movie mm-hmm. and that took um i don't know like maybe 30 minutes to get to really that long what do you think you haven't pulled up yeah you're about right on the money yeah and I like that. I like movies that like take a long time to get somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And this movie's like... only two hours too. So, ah, nice. So it's like a good amount. There's surreal stuff that happens in this in the before that, but uh, it's e- more easily dismissed. Sounds to me like it's a good time for a segment. What's segment number one? Do we do them in order? Don't We don't have to. Okay. But Thunder Round yeah. should be last. There's no precedent for this. Yeah. Which is why today we are doing... What's pumping our gas? Cool. What's pumping, what's pumping your-, your gas, Trevor? No. I asked you first. What's you go first. Yes. I no. introduced a segment. I'm the host of the segment because I introduced it. This is okay. late night rules. These have been the okay. standard for over four decades. Okay. Uh, a few things. So Halo, um, the Master Chief Collection was released on PC not long ago. Uh-huh. And so I've been playing through the old Halo games and there's like... Is the big the first deal there I- that it's that it's on PC or is this like a remastered graphics kind of re-release? Both. Well, actually, I don't know. It's it's big deal that it's on PC because that hasn't been a thing before. Mm-hmm. And then at least two of the games are like anniversary versions. And so they have like super updated remastered graphics. And I've never played those before, but those could have existed before. Nice. Uh so I'm having a really nostalgic time. Really cool thing about the game, at least like the just because it's a remastered version, I guess, is you can toggle off the remaster and the original with like one button. They have a hotkey for that? It's just like it, it flips the whole world from like new graphics to old graphics. Okay. Like if you're, is, if, it, is it pretty substantial or what? Oh, yeah. Like very substantial. So nice. like, if you're ever just like bored in the game, you just like go around and like look at things and like flip the graphics on and off just to compare. It's a really weird thing that like they like just have in there. Like here's the thing you can do really easily. Like they anticipated people being interested in that. You think they did it just like at a purely like they thought it would be a novel feature that's what it has to be right like that's what it has to be i mean it would be one thing if you could just start up the game in either uh in either environment but like to have it as like a button that like is just on demand toggle on and off or like even just having it buried in the menu like under graphic settings they're like no like this needs to be the space key is now completely (laughs) devoted to this hotkey (laughs) <laughs> the, the jump option is now F8 <laughs> yeah so it's weird but it's it's really cool too so that's one thing that's pumping my gas is Halo on PC alright Um, and and I'm moving like in three days in three days yeah and, and is it like a, a schedule where like you'll be completely moved out and moved into the next place there's like no like there's uh, an overlap like a little bit of an overlap yeah, there's 15 days overlap. Got it, uh, got it. 
and I'm like starting to purge some of my old stuff right now. Um, I've lived in this house for like a couple of years now. So like that task is a little bit larger than usual. Yeah. And uh, it's a purchase. It's a home purchase. This is like my first venture into being a homeowner. So you, so this is, you are a homeowner. I will be on Tuesday. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, like, how immediate, like, that happens. Like, you walk in, and your closing is scheduled for, like, 9 a.m., and you walk in, and you sign a contract, and then it's like, boom, like, you're a homeowner now. And you how give does it them... feel? Do you feel elevated? No. I rent. Well, how do you feel about that? Do you have, like, any thoughts about people that don't own property? Yeah, I think... Uh... You look down on me? Yeah, I think they need to get a job. They need to get a better job. I don't even know what capital means. What do you think of that? I think that... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to like <laughs> do like rich person satire, and I'm afraid that I'm going to sound too legit. So I'm just I'm pulling the plug on this joke. Okay. <laughs> Sunk cost. I don't know. I'll get there one day. What's keeping me grounded, pumping what's, my gas, you ask? What's what's that gas in your ass? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I never heard that. That's great. Um, I'm playing, I found a new puzzle game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like based a, off like, of the, yeah, based off of the wave of playing Superliminal that you recommended last time. Mm-hmm. And I told you how fun that was to play with somebody else. Because you can yes. just figure out the puzzles together and it's it encourages like communication. So it's like a very active process of solving these puzzles. And, and like I said, it doesn't even matter who's holding the controller. So we mm-hmm. downloaded another one and it is like 10 out of 10, way better than like subliminal. Really? Yeah. It's like knocks it out of the park. One of the best. What, it, what is it? It's called Braid. Braid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I've heard of this game. Go ahead and yeah, look it up if you want to Google it, just to get a, a picture of it in your mind. Sirens. Yeah, lots of sirens. Oh, I've seen this game before. Yeah, it's a side scroller. Hmm. Fantastic! You should absolutely play it. Okay. It's, uh, it has some great game mechanics. Um, I won't spoil too many of them, but like they play with the concept of like time. Um, think about like time reversing, or they do a thing like where your um, position on the board is correlated with time. So if you move forward, time goes forward. If you move back, time goes back. Okay. Lots of like neat things like this. Cool. Um, and it's got a story that, um, is like not very well written, but it has it has a definitely a huge payoff at the end. Okay. Yeah. And so based we just finished that game a few days ago, but based off of that we like bought this other game made by the same Kai, kind of like a small indie developer called The Witness. Okay. And I pumped up the I started up the game and immediately there's no menu or anything. Like you start and you're already like in the map. It's like a 3D uh, game and you're on this island and there's lots of stuff. There's a lot of structures everywhere and there's like puzzles dispersed throughout. But I, as of yet, have not like received any instructions at all on like what to do here. Uh-huh. So it's it's a completely it's like open world. It's like open concept. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but what's this game called? The Witness. The okay. Witness. I like being uh, dropped in with no instructions. Mm-hmm. Those games are uh, those games are always fun. Yeah, there, there's something about that that really plays well with immersion. And I would mm-hmm. say that both Braid and this game that's something that they consider a lot and like really put thought into. Where like have, the have whole played- game feels like one seamless experience. Yes. Have you played Inside? No. Oh my gosh, dude. I You would really like Inside. 
What is it? It's a side-scrolling um, puzzle game, platformer puzzle game. Um, but the graphics are really, really cool. Um, similar situation to what we were just talking about, where you're dropped in, no context for what to do, but you just have Ooh. to start moving, moving to your right. And I don't really want to say any more than that because you should just play it. Okay. okay. Enough, enough about games. And the next thing uh, keeping me gassed up is uh, I'm reading a book right now with my partner called Flatland. Have you ever heard of it? Is it about Kansas? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a history of Kansas from the year 1776 to 1847. No, it's um, you've seen something. You, it's been referenced before. I know that you've seen an episode of Futurama. It's one of the more the later seasons, maybe seven, eight or something, where they get um, there's like a two dimensional world that they go to. Is this ringing a bell? Yes, kind of. And it's a direct reference to Flatland, but the, like they suddenly like find themselves like teleported to a two D world, and they're they I'm, can't like, like move my... they can't move past each other, right? Okay, exactly. Yeah. So you see them mm-hmm. like they're kind of like on a two D like a platform game, like a Mario game, and then the they find that they can't walk past one another because obviously they would collide. This is of course you know typical Mario rules, mm-hmm. um, and they explain a couple of other like interesting things about this universe about how um, if you had a digestive system, you know, a hole that went from your mouth and like came out your anus Mm -hmm. that this would split you in two. Uh So all of this (laughs) is a direct reference to the book called Flatland, which was put out in 1880. Okay. By this like English mathematician slash author called um, something Abbott, Mark Abbott or something. And it's just this, it's a very short book. It's like 80 pages. So you can read it like within a few days if you wanted to. Cool. Um, and it's about this fictional world called Flatland where like the these people, they live in it. They're two-dimensional. All the people are shapes. Like you cool. can be a square or a triangle or a circle. And there's like a mm-hmm. class hierarchy built into place. So that circles are like the highest class of the land. They're priests because okay. they have infinite sides. Yeah. And then as you get to <laughs> low order polygons, that's, you know, that's kind of like upper class to like middle class. And then you get the right. triangles. That's like working class. Right. And and then um and then, this is eighteen eighty, so the women are just lines. <laughs> They're the lowest which is the if you take a triangle and you make it thinner and thinner and thinner, uh-huh. it eventually it just like approximates a line. And so right. there's this like geometric progression of all these things. Um and so that was uh, it was partially meant like as a social commentary at the time. Okay. With all this class, you think like 1880s Britain with all their other class sure. shenanigans that they had over there. Sure. Yeah. And so that's Flatland. That's awesome. Give it a shot. Holds up. That sounds really cool. Or the the Futurama episode or this book? Uh, the book. The book. I'm not sure okay. about. Holds up. Oh, you just mean over the centuries. Mm-hmm. over the s- literal centuries of time that have passed since then <laughs> yeah it's funny there's a lot of stuff that's like outdated like uh they use the word apartments in the book and like they don't mean the same thing that we mean with the word apartments apartment what do they like, mean if they're like rooms oh okay so they're like and all like my family retired to their apartments so i'm like okay yeah he has an extended family sons and grandsons and they're going to their apartments on the other side of town Mm -hmm. but then it was revealed that no they're just like all in one house and they're just rooms that's really funny (laughs) uh that's cool anything else that's it okay all right and we're back and we're back and we're back you said and we're back for both of us thanks for that yeah. Saved me some breath. Let's put some minutes on Dead Man. Let's put some minutes down. Some minutes. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, I love the beginning of this movie. What's your favorite part of the movie overall? I think um, 
when nobody uh, explains his origin story. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's pretty interesting because it, it, it provides like so much like insight to the world outside of the initial story. And it re- the movie doesn't really even need to do that. And he has like a pretty wild like origin story, like just to lay it out. Like he's this Native American person and they're in like the wild west of America when this character yeah. is introduced. And so you're just like, okay, so he's like a Native American. He lives here, uh, you know, nothing to see here. And then uh-huh. he like tells that like, oh, no, actually, like when I was like a little kid, I was like kidnapped by the English or something and sent to Europe yeah. where I was educated. And then I and then I escaped and came back and then here highly educated. Yeah. 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 Um, and right on the front end of that story, I, I thought there was another interesting thing, which you could just gloss over. Uh, he's like mixed. He's like mixed blood within Native American tribes. Uh-huh, and two separate it, like, tribes. Yeah, and that made him an outsider in the beginning. And, like, there was this uh, anecdote about one of his elders, like, taking pity on him because he was such of an out- such an outsider and he was taken to go kill an elk in a spiritual ceremony, and that's when he got kidnapped. And there's just, like, I don't know, all of that seems, like, really significant. It's just his whole story is just, like, stuffed with... Uh, really interesting things that happened to him. Yeah, and it's just like it wraps up in like five minutes, and it's so dense. What wraps up in five minutes? The story, his origin story. Yeah, but it, it is like you say five minutes, but it was a long time. Like you're watching was this it? movie, it was like a pretty good monologue at that point. You know, mm-hmm. these were these. It wasn't just like a few passing lines. You know, in this. They're introducing this new character, so of course, you know, he has to say at the very least a few lines about who he is and what, what he's up to. But uh-huh. they they just like hold the camera on him for what like feels for a while while he's telling the story. Yeah. And his and, story his like origin story comes a little bit after they first meet. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a space between the initial meet and the them walking and talking about things. It's kind of where the momentum shifts in the movie because, like, that's off the tail end of the main character, Johnny Depp, William Blake, um, like, being caught up, like, in this, like, murder situation in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of, like, seems like it's a, a pretty big deal. And then this this guy shows up and then uh, he just starts being super weird and, like, spiritual and surreal. And you're like, oh, okay, so I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like super animated. He's like a Chris Farley kind of yeah. energy character. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Big no exaggeration either. Like he, he's like really like jumping around. Like he scuttles around yeah. a lot in the yeah. scene. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Total Chris Farley with a uh, really long hair. Okay. And that brings us to the segment, What If It Were Real, where we ask, what if it were real? And I mean, for this one, I think I think what we could just do for this one is just, what would you do in that kind of situation? Or like, what if you were in the world? Or I don't know. In the world. <laughs> in the world. The movie is a surreal experience. So like, asking like, what if it were real is like the whole movie anyways. You're like, what if this is real or what if it wasn't? Like, that's just the whole. Anytime you're watching something surreal, that's it. That's all it's you're like actually. Uh, Albert Camus <laughs> uh, argued in the Myth of Sisyphus that actually the surrealism is the reality and vice versa in a uh, subdominant way. Ontologically, there is no difference. This no. has been BBBC News. <laughs> oh shit what was i talking about you kind of you kind of lost me there i kind of forgot what i was saying okay well we're talking uh, about we're doing we're doing what if it were real what if it were real? oh that's right yeah 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 <laughs> uh so what if i was in this situation 
So I yeah. guess I'm I'm slowly dying and I'm on a spiritual journey to the afterlife. Uh or maybe if I can help you out like even back up a little bit from that, what if like you like move somewhere on the expectation that you would be given a job when you got there and then they did it. Okay. So first things first, like, would you go get drunk at the, uh, at the local saloon and then like pick up a prostitute? Is she a prostitute? Yeah. She's a prostitute. I Um, think she, I think she was like an ex prostitute at that point. Cause like one of the people made a reference to that. Yeah. Now she's full time making paper flowers yeah dude i think i would go get drunk because i would imagine just based on the way like travel worked and how much that guy probably made in there'd order be to nothing make... else to do yeah like he would just he would have to like start making plans to find a different job there or just like go back to where he came from which both sound like a huge pain in the ass yeah like uh, even if he even has enough like liquid cash right to uh which back then of course was whiskey Right. <laughs> Which is commonly traded for goods and services. Uh, so, yeah, I probably would go get drunk. I'd probably find myself in the same situation, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, with the prostitute and the shooting and the whatnot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. would probably, um, you know, call my mom, vent a little bit, just be like, ah, this is just... There's no phones, a, though. Such you a frustrating no, there's situation. There's no phones. There's telegrams. Right. Okay. But it's like the, this this evening. Like you have to wait until the next morning to go to the telegram office. Well, you know, I would just take the night, pray on it, and, you know, the next morning just try to get find me some good, you know, God-fearing work. What kind of work are you looking for? Probably ranch hand. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. What's the goal? Just, just make like... $100 so you can get a ticket back to the East Coast. Well, stranger. Uh, you know, ain't, ain't another life on the prairie without the goalposts moving. You know what I mean? I'm talking about goals here. I like the idea that they use modern slang goalpost. Moving Is the that goal a football post. thing? Is that a football like term? <laughs> yeah. We don't have football. <laughs> That'd be like if you were a time traveler, that would be like a slip up. Like using uh, phrases that were based on like very timely things. Yeah. What did you just say? Something about a goalpost? I mean, moving the <laughs> moving the saddle or something. Whatever you whatever you people say. Do you guys know where I can get some apartments? So I have apartments in my house. Okay. Call back to the whole apartment. Uh... Oh, dude! You know. I just had, like, a great high guy thought right now. Uh, So you know how uh, just vocal patterns and accents, like, change, like, over generations? Like, fairly Uh quickly. Like, people 100 years ago sounded, like, pretty different than us. Okay, you're getting getting awfully close to my whole historical voice preservation idea that I've outlined, so... Sort of. Steer clear. Steer clear. No, I'm, like, going in a slightly different direction where... If someone from the future, like, came here, like, they would sound, like, totally different, right? Yeah. And they, it wouldn't, like, we have no idea what they would sound like, because we know what people before us sounded like. Like, we know uh-huh. old-timey talk and, like, really Old Testament-type talk. Uh, but we have no idea what we will sound like. You know what? And so I, th- I, if if we met a person from the future, they would just sound like unlike anything else you'd ever heard before. I had this exact same thought um, recently. This really? whole this whole series of thoughts. And really? I decide, yeah, I came to the conclusion that we would just absolutely just think they sounded weird as fuck. We would like think that they're funny, and we would probably make fun of them. And uh-huh. we would so it would just be, that's how it would go. Wow, dude, this yeah. needs to go in the big ideas workflowy it's it should because i don't think they'll will be like yeah i don't think we can have any position to like a future unknown dialect than uh, than just like complete rejection of like oh, that's not what are you what is that that you sound stupid <laughs> there has to be like a, a movie that like addresses this right idiocracy or movies they just sound dumb in that movie yeah 
Like they just sound like the her like mid two thousands version of like what a dumb person sounds like. But they did try to like explain that like all the slang got mixed, and so like everybody just uses like slang terms from like different mm. people. Man, that movie gets more depressing every year. Yep. Every year. I rewatch it every year. Ooh. I don't think I can. You know, uh, you know what I've been doing recently? Huh? Um, this streaming service called Peacock. It has all of SNL. Oh, that's the NBC one, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> you have that one? Peacock? Yeah, yeah. I just I signed up for it like uh like last week. Wow. For free. That's like right? that's like a oh for free. For free. They have like tiers and there's like a free one. Okay. Is it just so like ads? With ads sometimes, yeah. Cool. But so they have all of SNL. Imagine. I, I've I've been what I'm doing right now is I picked a year. I picked two thousand seven. And mm-hmm. I'm just watching my way up from two thousand seven. Why and that year? Um, it kind of just a confluence of reasons, but I kind of like nailed down like on a year that I thought I would really enjoy watching and, you know, cause it's got like Fred Armisen and it's got Seth Meyers and it's got, um, Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. It's a big one. Yeah. He's super mm-hmm. funny. And so, and I, I basically just picked it for that reason. That's like a good, uh, it's the SNL I knew from when I was kind of watching it Okay. when I was younger and it's great. Each episode is like a time capsule of like the news and culture at that time. Yeah. So I'm going through the 2000, like seven, 2008 financial crisis right now. Okay. <laughs> like it just hit the episode. It's like, Oh, Dow Jones just like fucking spiked down. And they're like making jokes about it and stuff. Okay. At same time as the like 2008 election. So it's all these election sketches. Mm-hmm. I got reminded of how crazy Sarah Palin was as a like figure in the media for a while. Yeah. She had a slight now, resurgence during, uh trump's campaign i think because she was like yeah she was like she was in the news quite a bit because she was like a big trump supporter vocal trump supporter i yeah i vaguely remember hearing something like that she said like there was like a headline of her saying like trump and her trumpeters she might have like coined the word trumpeters or something Uh uh-huh referring to like that's a good name trump people all things aside. Yeah. And that has I just been... Did no, I did it. I did it. There, I did it. And that has been What If It Were Real. Any other big, what do we need to discuss about the movie still? All right. I want to talk about the uh, the three um, bounty hunters that are sent after. Oh, um, sure, sure. Yeah, those are fun. Um, what's his name? William Blake. Uh, so there's the Conway something, the middle guy, kind of the most middle of the road character. And then there's the psychopath um, I don't remember his name either, but the one with the black cowboy hat mm-hmm. and then the um African American I think they call him the kid. Uh-huh. So th- three like stooges somewhat uh going after um William Blake. <laughs> and I find the the main one, the one that survives the other two, oh really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. why is that he's he's like a cannibal <laughs> there's like a a part where i think it has to it's supposed to be funny but when uh one bounty hunter is explaining to the other talking about the third one and he's like he fucked his parents it's like did you hear he fucked his parents and he's like what <laughs> what do you mean he fucked his parents fucked like his parents. Bo- like like both of them parents it's the plural of pa- yeah he fucked both his parents and it, then su- such a bit yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he ate them. What? <laughs> he fucked his parents and then he ate them. He's like pointing at him really fast. Yeah. That's fucking really funny. And then they 
and you think like in the moment it's just like some rumor you know it's uh it's just like hearsay Mm-hmm. And then they like reveal that he yeah he actually is like a cannibal he like eats one of the guys. They they go through it very quickly like I almost missed it that mm-hmm. it um later in the film like this supposed cannibal uh, does in fact like kill off all of the people and then there's like a very quick shot of like this hand that's like he's eating like he he's eating this guy's cooked hand yeah and you're like oh okay I guess he was a cannibal the whole time. This is a good segue into during our first viewing of this movie, we kept calling it really metal. Yeah. And what do you think that means? What do you think we're talking about when we say this movie is metal? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Okay. <laughs> um, I, to me, it just means, you know, if something's metal, it's like it's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my answer. Totally. Yeah, totally, right? Like hardcore, right? Hardcore. Yeah, you get it. You get it. What's the what's the essential properties of hardcore though? Like It's it's like the Like the hand, like him eating that hand over a campfire with all like the muscles and like guts dripping off of it. Like that's metal. Yeah. That's really metal. And the best way that I would describe it, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but to be metal is like to be kind of punk fucking rock, you know? <laughs> like a little bit a little bit you know it's kind of the same ethos that's being channeled there yeah yeah i think you're on to something there yeah uh i'm trying to think of like the other <laughs> the other things that i thought were like really metal about this movie I really uh, like that part in the beginning where the bounty hunters get hired and they like do this thing where they all draw their guns at the painting uh-huh. at the same time. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it a few times, like perfectly coordinated. They were just, just so gr- silly. Uh, they they were just immediately endearable. Yeah. Like the second characters. that trio was on the screen, they were like, oh, these guys are just slapstick funny. Yeah. But also murderers, killers. Some of the more metal scenes in the movie are with them. Oh, do you you know who Fuck we haven't talked parents. about at all? Is uh Iggy Pop and uh um, Oh yeah. Billy Bob Thornton and that third guy. Yes. That was a trip of a scene. Yeah. So they're like I don't know, just like a crew of like rapists is that what their what their whole deal is i guess they're just like predators a, a pack yeah. of predators mhm it didn't really make any sense no they're pretty goofy like billy bob it, thornton's character like feels like kind of a lovable giant of a character and then just like as soon as william blake is introduced he turns into like a total Psycho weirdo. Yeah, he just pulls a 180. Yeah. The movie had been like fairly serious up until that point. Like even like before that scene, they're like nobody and William Blake are on the outskirts, like planning out like the ambush. And then it Uh just cuts to this like most ridiculous scene of these people like having like a tea party or something. They're doing something silly. Yeah. Uh he was Iggy Pop's character who's in a dress. And he's clearly a man just in a dress. And that's his whole thing. (laughs) And uh, he's talking about, like, some biblical event. He's talking about, like, people who are, like, being paraded around on, like, burned crosses. Uh He's just, like, telling a story about it. And then he says, like, a prayer before they eat some food. And it's, like, just a passage from, like, Revelation. And it's something, like, really, like, Old Testament like end of the world shit and it's uh, just their the little thing that they read before dinner <laughs> just reading your stories yeah he has a great voice iggy pop yeah yeah i want to i think tip, to i think typic i think typically musicians have those gotta have but he's got he's voice. got a real gnarly voice 
Yeah, it's a real it's a wild. distinct, really distinct voice. He's like a he's like a cartoon character voice, right? He sounds exactly like a cowboy. Like if you, he has the exact right voice for that role. I don't know if I would say he's got the voice of a cowboy, but he's got the voice of someone who is out of time, I guess. I got a voice sample you might want to listen to. Okay. Can I pull this up? Yeah. Oh, do I not have the thing enabled? Okay. There you go. I I think I'm good. But um, he did a podcast episode um, on William H. Burroughs. Do you know that writer? No. He was this like beat writer and he used to live in Lawrence. He actually died in Lawrence. Wow. And um, here we go. This American Life has got a killer interface. A warning. The following program contains references to homosexuality, drug use, Sex with aliens, <laughs> violence, and okay. kitty cats. What did you expect? That's a cowboy voice, dude. Yeah, the, yeah, you're right. That is a cowboy voice. Yeah. That yeah. sound means that we're going to do our last thing here, which is... Holmates. Who and would you watch was, this with? What movies go well with this? What kind of snacks go with this? What's the what's the deal with this? What goes good with this movie? I think this is a movie that's best enjoyed uh, when you're very inebriated. Mm-hmm. And maybe even hungry. Like maybe don't eat for 18 hours to just kind of like fast a little bit before it. You want to be eating during this movie or, Oh no, you want to be hungry during the movie. You want it. Right. Okay. Right. Right. That's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like we said earlier, El Topo probably goes pretty good with this movie. Um, What's another cool, like, trippy western? Blazing Saddles? <laughs> Maybe not that one. Uh, this I'm episode of the Sim- the episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets high in the desert. <laughs> when he that. takes that, like, psychedelic pepper? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we'll say those go good with... Uh, this movie. Hit it. Okay, what uh, what would you rate this movie? Um, maybe give me your thoughts on it, and then tell me why you would rate it that. So I'll start with my rating. I don't think this movie goes past like at seven for me. It's like fun to watch, but it's like none of his movie. What did you say about his movies? Like that they weren't I thought groundbreaking it was, or they weren't compelling yeah. or something. Yeah, like it was cool, but like I didn't walk away with uh, a really notable experience. I didn't walk away with the impression that the movie was enjoyable <laughs> in any strong way. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know i i like it like from a very cerebral place like where i just like looking at it and it is pretty to watch and the music is cool and it like sets a nice atmosphere mm-hmm. and for this reason and more i'm gonna give it a seven <laughs> seven neil young's out of ten <laughs> okay that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that I'm similar to you. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to give it a 6.9. I 
for the same sort of reasons that you talked about. It's cool. Um, the first time we watched it, I wasn't really grabbed by the movie. Didn't have my attention fully all the time. Uh, but it is cool if you like actually look at it and watch it. It's kind of like looking so, at a uh, like a museum plaque. Uh-huh. It's like you kind of read it for a few minutes and you're like, okay, I'm going to go like <laughs> to this other spot over here. Like before you even finish reading the plaque, like you can't even <laughs> make it to the end of the plaque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you look at something else. You look at like the actual thing on the wall for a minute and then you look back down and you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting information. Like that's the type of relationship I have with this movie is that feeling. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's vivid. You but it is a good vivid picture. But it is good. Uh, so I'll give it a six point nine. Um, severed hands, muscly bone hands being picked at out of your teeth, out of ten. Yikes! Okay, well, thank you. See you next week. Thanks for listening this week. Our music is by W. Look him up at, at underscore W on Instagram. That's underscore the word double and two use. Editing this week is done by Z. Uh, you doing it? Uh, You're doing it. I'll do it. Raul Flores. <laughs> Wherever you're listening, give us a good rating. Connect with us at, at @filmholepod on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, filmhole the filmhole on TikTok. Now we're on TikTok now. Oh, join us on TikTok! Thanks again. See you next. See week. you next week. <laughs>